Hey there, welcome to the Aristotle Full Throttle Show. You're probably listening on Spotify, and that's that's wonderful of you. Thank you for doing that. We're going to hang out here for an hour and talk about uh, the Batman a little bit more. We talked about that yesterday. We're going to talk about what Zoe Kravitz was saying on the internet today, or at least what was trending on the internet. Zoe Kravitz, you know Zoe Kravitz, right? My daughter. Listen, a lot of people say I look like Lenny Kravitz. In fact, I was in Spin Magazine one time because I said how a lot of people think I look like Lenny Kravitz. And I sent Spin Magazine a picture because they used to do these matchups. They used to do a lookalike thing, a little column, a lookalike column. They would say, does this person look like that? And then they said, yes. They said I was a match. Hello, Raccoon Raiders. Welcome to the show. Raccoon Raiders, I want to play your intro. Let's see if that actually can uh, can happen. that welcome to the show raccoon raiders how are you today today is tuesday march 8th 1981 and we're listening to casey Kasem introduce shaggy from scooby-doo no we're not we're just talking about uh zoe kravitz and uh you know hollywood being racist <laughs> i i find it funny i got so many thoughts on this subject because uh zoe kravitz is a lot, a lot of people were talking about the Batman. They're like, the Batman has too many black people in it. Now, a lot of people, when I say a lot of people, I mean white dudes. A lot of dudes with uh, white privilege. Okay. Now, let's start off slowly. I don't want to scare anybody off right away by saying white privilege. But it's true. There are people in society. I was actually just talking to somebody and I was like, you know, a lot of people are complaining about the amount of black people in the Batman. It's too much for people to handle that a black woman is the mayor of Gotham, that a black man is the commissioner, that a black woman is playing Catwoman. But I was like, well, those latter two, they're only half black. But who's counting? <laughs> I could say that because I am multi-ethnic. So I'm allowed. I've give, I'm given license. I'm given license to talk about my experience as a multi-ethnic person. Uh, it's f- funny because uh, Jeffrey Wright... I do believe. Let's see. Let's. He went to my friend's high school, and they always remind me of that. But Jeffrey Wright and and Catwoman. Interestingly enough, Zoe Kravitz is half black, because both of her parents are half black. Interesting, right? Her mother, Lisa Bonet, Lisa Bonet's father was black, and her mother was white. And Lenny Kravitz is her is Zoe Kravitz's father. And his mother was black, and his father is white. I think his father's still around. Not sure. But it's very uh, interesting to see the parentage of that. For me, anyway. I don't know. I don't know if it is for you. But Hollywood seems to only like... My point is, Hollywood seems to only like to just get a little bit black. 
<laughs> mostly. We, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because in America, if you're just a little bit brown, you're black. And that's fine. Because you're treated that way anyway. But it's interesting that, you know, that Hollywood doesn't want to go full black. They want to go Zazie Beats, Zoe Kravitz black. They want to go Jeffrey Wright black. They want to go me black, which I'll take. Because I'll, I'll take your money. I'm not even that black, guys. Look, I'm, you know, it's interesting because this is the friendly. Like, this is what Hollywood says. You will will accept this amount of black, which is not fair is what I'm trying to say. It's not a good thing. It's a very bad thing. I'm being incredibly sarcastic right now, just in case anybody takes this out of context. I am talking about the fact that movies like Black Panther that has to have folks who represent people in a mythical country in Africa. Now you've got you're, now you're talking now you're talking real <laughs> like Lupita Nyong'o. She's incredible. She's a revelation. I'm just saying we need more of that. We need more of that. Judella19 in the chat says, I wish I was surprised by people commenting on this. Um, I know. I know. But it's weird because I didn't even think about it. I watched the Batman. I didn't even occur to me once. But again, you know, I'm a little bit biased being as black as I am. So I was like, I don't know. I don't even, I don't see like it just didn't occur to me. I just was like, Jeffrey Wright is awesome. Robert Pattinson is good. Zoe Kravitz is pretty good. She was pretty good. I think she makes an excellent Catwoman. Um, I would like to see. I would like to see more. I would like to see the whole sequel. I mean, this she's very integral into the story and the plot of this movie, which is great. And um, so I'm just like, you know what? <sighs> what do you do? What do you do in that scenario? Um, Hollywood only allows for a certain amount of black on a big scale, I think. This is my theory anyway, because look around you. Look around you. Hollywood is afraid of dark-skinned people. I said it. I said it on my show. And I'd like to see someone argue the other way, because I don't think you'll win. Just look at the history. It's fine, though. I know this because I work in Hollywood. And I go to a lot of casting calls because they want someone who's, like, not not too black a lot of times. And I get called a lot for that. They're like, we, we, we need someone who looks ethnic. But ethnically ambiguous, they call it. Yeah. Is this will in the comments says what too urban? Yes, is that is this will? Isn't it ironic that she's going? She actually she went out for a role, I guess, in The Dark Knight Rises. I imagine she would have been living in an urban area called Gotham. <sighs> However, the casting she didn't blame Christopher Nolan. She blamed like basically the casting, um, or she at least said she attributed that comment to the casting. I don't know if she's blaming anyone, but at the time, whatever that was, 10 years ago, she was too urban. 
which, uh, by the way, is code word for too brown. <laughs> You're too urban. I've literally been to a, a casting call. I've literally been to a casting call. I, I'm not lying. This is true. There was a woman who told me that I needed to, to be. She was the casting person. She said, give us some of that, you know, angry black man. <laughs> and I just looked at her like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I gave her a big smile. I gave her a big S-eating smile. Because <laughs> I was like, F this place. <laughs> Needless to say. So, hey, Will. Is this Will says in the comments, weird how someone can be too urban and too exotic at the same time. I don't even like the term exotic. I actually did a TikTok on that. Because I, I get called exotic. But I'm like, exotic is like a is like a tiger. It's like a it's like a bird. A very colorful bird. <laughs> I'm a human. I'm not a human. I'm not a Man, I'm an animal, quoting the penguin from Batman Returns. Uh, which is an inverse line of the elephant man. I'm not a man. I'm I'm not an elephant. I'm not an animal. I'm a man. Not a. I forget. I don't remember. By the way, the elephant man was directed by our favorite David Lynch. Maybe we should check in with the weather with David Lynch later. But the elephant man, directed by David Lynch, produced by anybody know? Anybody know? Produced by the elephant man. Starring uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins and John Hurt. Does anybody want to take a venture to guess? It was Mel Brooks. Mel Brooks produced it. Mel Brooks is the one who basically discovered David Lynch. Go figure. Turns out they're both great filmmakers. Flawless victory. I'll tell you that much. Uh, I'm working out another video. I actually posted a TikTok last night. You could go check it out on my TikTok. Aristotle Dreyer. It's it's a it was it's a serious question I'm posing. Now let me tell you about that TikTok. Let me give you a little backstory about my Billy Zane TikTok. Whatever happened to Billy Zane? <laughs> During lockdown, for the first couple of weeks of lockdown, I was going a little stir crazy, just like all of us. And I found this app where you can you can make raps to beats. And I would I went in the closet for like an entire Sunday afternoon. An entire Sunday afternoon, and I had the greatest time freestyling raps, just straight off the top of my head, did not plan for anything, one take wonders, and I got about 30 of them. So what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all sizes and shapes, what I'm going to do is make videos. I'm going to call them music videos to these things. I'm going to say... I'm going to make a video about something I didn't even put any thought into. How's that for Hollywood? How's that for Zack Snyder? I'm just trying to egg on Ange. Just trying to egg on Ange. She probably heard that somewhere. I can destroy everything. But I'm not. But I can. But just to officially introduce Judy to the show. Get no 
Welcome, Judy, to the show. Just trying to keep that record going for how many days in a row I can hear that song. That song I just hear all of the time. I heard it on the radio the other day. I was at a 7-Eleven at like midnight or 2 in the morning. Because that's what 7-Eleven does the best. Uh, you encounter the greatest characters of you, of your life. And you'll hear everyone's favorite, Chumbawamba, playing over the PA. Am I right, is this Will? You got the touch. Is this Will? You got the power. Is this Will? Yeah! Is this... Is this Will? Welcome to the show. Uh, he says that that montage was insane. Well, let me show it to you here, right here. It's still funny audio-wise if you're listening on Spotify. Remember, Aristotle Full Throttle is five days a week, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Here's the here's the video in case. Here, let me try to download it first. Gots to download it. Here it is. Whatever happened to Billy Zane? remember this but he was in back to the future he played one of biff's henchmen whatever happened to billy zane he was in the phantom kind of a b-movie superhero movie early 90s movie he wore a mask he wore some purple but we didn't see him since then he might as well be steve urkel but then he was in titanic he put on a wig. Over his wig, Billy Zane wears a toupee. Maybe you didn't know that. But in that movie, he stole someone's baby. He got in a lifeboat and he says, save me. Billy Zane. Billy Zane. <laughs> yes, Billy Zane is a coward. <laughs> this is my opinion. Now, mind you, I didn't know what I was going to sing about when the beat started. <laughs> so these just keep that in mind when you watch these series that I will start to come out with because I'm having a ball edit, editing them because it's a lot of fun to put work into something you didn't plan. <laughs> and this is kind of a metaphor for life for me. I find everything to be uh, pretty, uh, pretty uh, happenstance. I find the world to be absurd. I find everything to be just random. Random is the word I think people use euphemistically. I'm so random. Is this Will? That intro, it's just Will says, that intro was before you got the drums too, so it predicted the near future. Is this Will says, I, on the other hand, do not own a plasma rifle. Um, yes, I predicted the future that I was going to be making beats, making drums. Ladies and gentlemen, do you guys think that Zoe Kravitz is too urban? I don't think so. I think she's like, she grew up rich. <laughs> so I don't understand what they mean, like, urban. You could be urbane. Maybe she's too urbane for people. It's still a struggle, Hollywood. I find Hollywood to be... <sighs> What's the term? Everything is very corporate here. So if you're going to make something on a very high corporate scale, they want you to, they want to sell things to crowds, Hollywood. They don't want to dictate culture. They want to follow culture. They want to see what's acceptable. They, but here's the problem with that. 
Hollywood basically dictates culture. So it's like, what comes first? Hollywood deciding, like they did, that in order to be considered for an Academy Award, your film has to have had like 60% um, non-white folks work on it, which is interesting. It's an interesting approach. Like the cast and the crew has to have over 50% um, minority folks or people of color. So that's, that's an interesting approach. Hey, look who it is. If it isn't... Here it is. My most likable song ever. Coca-Cola, lipstick ring, go dance all night, dance all night. Kiss me, just kiss me. Kiss me, never die. Lipstick, kiss me, lipstick ring, go that's the way you like it. This is your most likable song ever? Yeah. People will love it. Oh, welcome to the show. I'm Uncle Ron. Oh, exciting. Isis Will will be joining the chat presently. And don't confuse momentarily with presently. Because presently means in a moment. Momentarily means for a moment. Am I right? Oh, machinima. Uh, let's see. Oh, they say... In the chat, best followers and viewers are yourfollowers.com. Remove the space. Great. Uh, well, you're going to be blocked there, uh, Machinima, or whatever your name is. But, uh, yeah. Aristotle Full Throttle. Always accidentally maybe learning something because, uh, you, uh, you know, sometimes we'll throw in a little factoid. Hey, what do we got here over here in the chat? I got to just get rid of all these notifications so I can move over. Is this Will is joining us in the chat? Greetings. Can I be heard? I can hear you. Awesome. Houston, we could hear Will. All right, I'm trying to. Sorry, everything's on a lag, on a delay. <laughs> no. I push a button and everything goes like ten seconds later. Welcome to the show. Is this Will? We're just talking about. Uh, uh, Thanks for having me. Well, always, always welcome to the show. Now we're talking about you know, Zoe. Zoe Kravitz here. I'm trying to turn the volume up. I'm not sure how to do it. Just a little inside baseball right now. I am actually controlling my computer via my laptop because my keyboard died, so I need to use <laughs> Nobody cares about that, but I do. I'm just letting you know. Uh, okay, Will, you have a comment. Or what a number keyboard is that? Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably 12 <laughs> or 47. Jeez. Um... No, I just give me some context on the quote. I, I I came in just a little bit late, so I heard that it was via a supposedly a casting agent for The Dark Knight Rises. Where was she supposedly up for the role of Catwoman in Nephim? Is that what she was trying to read for, or was it another role? I'm not quite sure. Let's go to the videotape here. Let's go to uh, the actual because I was reading the tweets about it. And there was, she was saying, you know, it wasn't necessarily the casting's fault, but she just felt that the trend was... Yeah, let's go over to the entertainment column and find the, the actual article. Always read the article, or not. So it says, Zoe Kravitz was rejected from the Dark Knight Rises audition because she was too, quote, urban. Um, <laughs> now, let's see. Because she was too urban. 
Now she says, bring an actor. Talia Al Ghul in that film and Catwoman. That's true. That's true. There's, she could have been either of those roles. Uh, being an actor and being told that at the time that I wasn't able to read because of the color of my skin and the word urban being thrown around like that, that was what was really hard about that moment, says Zoe uh, Kravitz to the Observer and being rejected from The Dark Knight Rises. Interestingly enough, this is the thing about the, the Christopher Nolan movies, by the way. They are very, very white, uh, except for uh, Tenet, which he was like, I will get I will get many, many Denzel Washingtons to be the, the lead in this. And also, the Batman is in that movie. But But go on, Will. What do you think of that? Um, so, like, for those who don't know Zoe Kravitz's background, other than the last name Kravitz, so technically, she's half-Jewish and half-black, if you want to use those terms, because her mother is, has a Jewish mother and an African-American father, and her father has a Jewish father and African-American mother, Mm -hmm. so she is what we would call i guess exotic <laughs> she's exotic we're gonna throw those 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 well turns they like to throw around i would say that she like i would say i would argue that exotic is from some for, from from some far off land i believe zoe kravitz is from la right yeah it's an outside of her <laughs> yeah yeah she yeah. she's a Californian. and here's the thing if you think about her in comparison to the other african-american cat women i would say she's Far less urban than Eartha Kitt and Eartha Halle Kitt Berry. Was phenomenal. Mm. Yep. Yeah, they're and- beautiful women in great place, but her features and her look, she is very much built in terms of facial structure and her look. She she looks like a a high fashion model. Yes, yeah, she's she's cool. quite stunning human being. She's uh, a movie star, a movie star uh, so- right off the top. You know. Like she walks into a room, you're like, like "You're a movie star. You should be in movies." And I don't think that that's in e- ever been in question. Same thing with like Robert Pattinson. <laughs> you know, like the, there's a, yeah. there's a reason they have these big careers. I think. Um, but so I bring it up because I think of. Uh, so let's think of another Nolan movie with a person who was also in The Dark Knight Rises that played Talia Al Ghul. I'm blanking on her name now, the French actress. Um, she played Maul in uh, mm-hmm. Inception. She won an What's Oscar, I do believe. She won an Oscar for, uh, let's see, Talia Al Ghul. Actor. Make the top four. Let's see. Marion Cotillard. Yeah, she did. I do believe she won an Oscar for a movie. I do. I still want to see that movie she's in. She plays like a. It was probably in Via Rose. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Edith Piaf biography. Um, So she's one of those people, and you can. There are a lot of people from Europe that you look at them, and they're ethnically ambiguous as well um, because of the amount of immigration that takes place in Europe there, there's a lot of intermingling of ancestry there and depending on the lighting and the amount of sun she's gotten she could pass for being just as urban as Zoe Kravitz so well, what, let's, define, let's define urban what does urban mean 
I'm Uncle Ron, by the way, in the chat is uh, saying that, you know, the this is a superior. At the end of the day, she was in a far, the far superior Batman film. I, I agree that the, the Batman is Bravo. a superior film <laughs> than The Dark Knight Rises. That, that movie's kind of messy. But, but what would what yeah, would Urban would. be? All right, so let's just get to brass tacks. I'm assuming that you associate urbanness with being from the city, and you associate cities with how, if we're talking about Hollywood, American cities have segregated themselves over time. Um, and so they tend to be predominantly construed of people who are from certain minorities and from poverty. And there's a history of African Americans being marginalized in that way and isolated in these communities in our cities where industry is left. So if we're going to read into that, then she looks like she's from the hood more so yeah. than someone else. Right. I, I said earlier, jokingly, like too ur- urban means too brown, <laughs> you know? And, yes. and like, I think that the term is generally thrown around like that, but it's, it's code, you know? It's a it's a kind of a code. Oh, do you think that that's do you think that's an appropriate terms like exotic and urban? I've definitely been called those things for you know casting reasons. Yeah, and it's like it's kind of this way around. Um, so you look too it, black. Yeah, and also they say too urban, too. but but too urban is almost there. There's an insinuation that that means it's not as good as something else it's almost like there's like oh yeah definitely well that's the inherent white supremacy in it um yeah but just makes you ask is jessica alvin i can't even talk jessica alba more urban and honey than zoe kravitz is in anything you've seen her in yes (laughs) if you want to use the term urban to describe it yeah right yeah so because one of my biggest contentions is that culture, as much as we want to associate it with race and we, sometimes we we give it a certain mystical aspect, like uh, yeah. it's coming from these people and their culture. It's Culture is not biological. No matter what people want to think, if you grow up in a culture and you feel a part of it, then yeah. you'll be able to represent and emulate that culture with ease because it's something that you learn. And the only thing that stops you from embodying it in whole is people restricting your access to it and assuming right. that you don't have the capacity for it. And that's like... Uh, which, again, is just... No, I, I totally but, agree with that because I, I often talk about that. You know, I grew up in basically an Irish-Italian household, more so with, like, Italian leanings of just, you know, it's like kind of culturally Long Island Italian. is kind of... but But upon looking at me no one's gonna be like oh you're like italian or whatever but it's it's you know that's my that's my heritage on that side of my family so (laughs) that was basically the culture that was perpetuated in my household so there's almost like you get like cheated out of half of your heritage or a quarter of my heritage anyway because people will be be who you are yeah like well you're you're obviously gonna be this because we look at you this way and we're going to categorize you so, in such a way. And it's like, it's like, it's, it's kind of weird, you know, it's kind of like, you yeah. don't get to celebrate all Been of there. your background. It's, hey, what's it's, up, Ange? It's, what did we say that spoke her up? 
I'm trying to think. Of, <laughs> how do we conjure her? <laughs> we didn't. I, well, we are still talking about Batman in a roundabout way. And I did we're talking throw, about culture. Exactly. I did do some shots fired, for, uh, and I was like, maybe Ange heard that. So if you want to listen to, to earlier the show, Ange, <laughs> I did summon. I did summon the great Ange. I can destroy everything, but I'm not. He is still fishing for that butt whooping. <laughs> Ange, did you see the meme? That I dropped in the uh, in the DC channel. <laughs> it's pretty appropriate for how that yesterday <laughs> ended. Four o'clock high, but um, yeah. like with that, like there were easier outs for them to reject her for that role than that. That they even well, leaned on that is just really insulting. Uh, yeah. Henry Louis Gates, he uh, did mm-hmm. uh, America Skip. Beyond the Color Line. Yes. Yeah. And the third episode of that series was about the history of discrimination in Hollywood and the economics of discrimination in Hollywood. And he talked with people like John Singleton and Spike Lee and actors and other directors and some producers. Um, Mm. And the subject was the list. And this list that exists that, like, he was actually, have you seen the list? Does it actually exist? And they're like, yeah, it does. And it's a list of box office grosses based on the actor. And you can parse it by race. If you cast... Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. make this much. If you catch yeah. Denzel Washington, you make that much. Um, right. And it, decisions are made based on that because it's a business. Right. And businesses like in a, this country... Lean. Yeah. Well, it's a corporation. And, and the corporation algorithm right. in every scenario, it doesn't matter. Corporations do are heartless. They only ever want to maximize profit, minimize cost. That's and and yeah, that's that's a really and interesting. When you're in a society that that is historically biased racially, not yeah. for any moral reason, but just simply on pure prejudice that's unfounded, and the majority of the population is the inheritor of that bias, then when you decide to go with what makes the most money, you implicitly reinforce that discrimination and that prejudice. Yep. And you use what people would consider a passable justification for it, but it's still racist. Um, yeah. And uh, they don't just get called out on it enough. Now, just to update, uh, Ange is asking in the chat well, what happened. We're just talking about what Zoe Kravitz was quoted. It was trending today about how she was actually auditioning or she wanted to audition for a part in The Dark Knight Rises like 10 years ago, but she was called too urban, which and we're trying to parse this issue. Like, what is urban? <laughs> what is too urban? And why is that sort of it's kind of in a bad context? Like, oh, you're too much this. So that's not good. You know what I mean? And um, it's just Will is gracing us with uh, some thoughts. And <laughs> Ange jokingly said, I heard culture and black, so here I am, basically. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's how we conjured her. Yeah, indeed. The great indeed. Ange. The great Ange. So, Ange, you have thoughts on this about... Because uh, I was saying... I need to get the chat up. Yeah, pop the chat up on the screen. I got to figure out how to... Because there's a way to integrate 
Discord into the chat too, actually. Um, but basically, Ant says in the chat, um, I guess people forgot Eartha Kitt was a Catwoman at one time. I know. Eartha Kitt was my favorite because she was, she did the growl, she did the purr thing. She was like, Grrr. she did that whole thing. It was pretty great. I also liked, what was it, Julie Newmar? There were three Catwomen in the, in the original. Um, but Eartha Kitt was always like very striking. She was always the one I remember. The other ones were kind of like pretty good. They were all good. But uh, Eartha Kitt was, she just had a, a sass. She had, I don't like to say sass because mm-hmm. that's, that's the term people throw around for black women often. Nice. They always say, yeah, they always say sassy black woman. And it's like, can, can, a, <laughs> can a, a person just be who they are? Um, yeah. I often hear that term, which is, which I, you know, I don't want to perpetuate that term, but Julie and Lee says Ange in the chat. Ange, what, what do you say? Right, Cause okay. I think yeah. Lee Merriweather. Thank you. I'm uncle Ron updating us with uh, the three cat women from the 1960s bat, the 1960s Batman uh, television show with Robin and Commissioner Gordon. Yes, I do like the Adam West. Come on over, Ant. Adam West is my favorite. Favorite Batman. If we're we're going to go all the way through all of the movies. I actually ask that question. If you're listening on Spotify, there's a question that you can answer, which is, who is your favorite? Uh, what's your favorite Batman movie? And there's a poll. Who's your favorite Batman director? You can answer that question on the Spotify. That Spotify poll will last for about two weeks two weeks two weeks i'm quoting total recall welcome to the chat Ange. what's what say you iceberg iceberg is she just what? I, thought, I just burped that's what i, I heard i mean to do that <laughs> <laughs> is here to grace us with uh her her belching <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes, sometimes you're about to say something profound, and all it comes out is a burp. (laughs) Ravioli, ravioli. Oh, ravioli! See, we're talking Italian. (laughs) Let me get some of that ravioli. Is the question? Yeah. Oh, you got toasted first. I'm Uncle Ron. Says in the chat, Matt Reeves is his favorite Batman director. Well. He's quite good. He's quite opinion. Yeah, he is. He made a great movie with Batman in it. And honestly, like I was watching the whole movie, I want to see a whole series of just Batman and Jim Gordon. That was so that dynamic was so good. It was just it was like the best Batman Jim Gordon relationship in in any movie. Um easily easily because i wanted to see that buddy cop movie and it, we got it basically um now Ange, did you see the movie yet the check. no Lizzie Friday. yeah i was gonna say still i am the, i mean still no spoilers still no spoilers no spoilers I, I genuinely don't care about spoilers because it's the destiny, it's the journey not the destination but true it's hard to spoil that movie to have, have things spoiled. yeah and, and, uh, don't say that in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> it will. <laughs> I would say that saying any one spoiler doesn't spoil the whole movie, 
because there's a lot of little complex turns that it takes you on like a nice, well-paced journey because each part brings you to the next part and and it doesn't, you know, one little reveal. There's a really cool uh, reveal. I'm going to talk in code. I'm Uncle Ron. I know you saw the movie. I know Isis Will saw the movie. But there's one uh, scene where one character is saying something over and over again and everybody in the audience is like, uh... And even... Batman is like, uh, <laughs> and we're just watching this and we're like, uh, and it's such a great moment. For, it's, it's a great, it's a great moment in the movie. It's a really great. All moment. I will say is that moment for me, like, uh, that moment I didn't think was that great because are you kidding? I felt a choice was made. I've, they could have made a different choice that I felt would have been more compelling, and when they didn't make that choice, I was just like, "Oh." Well, oh, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Will. Here's the thing, Will. Maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. Go for it. Well, I think I, they they they. We may get where it could have gone, but I think definitively in the film we saw they did not take us there, and that was. Know part of the 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 thrill of that moment i would say that i i I was in complete i was in complete suspense for that moment i was just like uh (laughs) like i was feeling it um okay and what you were about to say i don't know i don't know what i was about to say now Uh uh-oh lost for words so you're gonna see it friday yes uh, now, we were talking about Zoe Kravitz being too urban for, uh, <sighs> according to casting directors, I've, 10 years ago. Literally, and I've got a devil's advocate question for you guys, too. Hey, hang all. on, Will. What's, what was that, Ange? Literally, used to live like a few blocks from Lenny and not urban at all. Very, Very rich. Regular suburban. <laughs> suburban. Suburban. Black person. Sure. Yeah, well, they don't mean urban like we mean urban. <laughs> right. Well, they they just mean like urban, like too brown. They're like you're urban, which means you're too brown. We can't say we don't want to hire you. Don't want to be in the light skin discussion. Exactly. Well, yeah, I was talking about that earlier. This goes beyond that. Well, earlier on the show, I was talking about how you know you can't be too black for Hollywood because we got Jeffrey Wright. And and uh, Zoe Kravitz in this movie, which is like as about as black as Hollywood wants to go. A lot of times, you can't have too many. Like the mayor of Gotham, she's uh, she's darker skinned. So when you yeah. watch when you watch the movie, you're like people are complaining. Quote: There are too many black people, or why are there so many black people in this movie? And I didn't even notice. I just was watching the movie. I was into it. I just obviously, uh, I'm not biased that way so it i was just looking at the relationships between the characters but flipped out when they made batgirl black and i'm like well it makes sense because commissioner gordon's black so yep there you go <laughs> they're related <laughs> oh God, it's just it's hard being a black it's hard but that's well, what i'm saying and i already thought <sighs> yeah i got called the n-word today it's hard well you know, I, I'm saying the also yeah, earl, earlier I was saying um, 
that you know a, a full cast like Black Panther, where you're representing folks who live in basically Africa in a mythical country in Africa. Now, like Hollywood has to take that risk of having a like a darker skin <laughs> like cast. I think I, I think they got to be like okay, well. And that, that to me was like a huge step for Hollywood to put $200 million down to have um, a movie with with an African country about an African superhero, which is, I think, a big step. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, good evening, Studio 8H. Welcome. We're just talking about Zoe Kravitz saying that she was called too urban to be in The Dark Knight Rises 10 years ago. We didn't hear how this was in Halle Berry. Mm-hmm. It was just a bad movie. What's that? Oh, we yeah, Cap, that her Catwoman. Yeah. It was yeah. bad. <laughs> Listen, Catwoman, this is where we learned Catwoman can play basketball in the most jarring montage possible. <laughs> That's what we learned about. I have yet to see that movie. Yeah, me too. I'm... Well, you say you have yet to see that movie. I will never watch that movie because I just keep hearing <laughs> bad things. Oliver just I tells me about just it. I say that. Yeah. It was basically Catwoman fighting Clayface. Oh, okay. Right. Oh, yeah, Clayface. Uh, Sandra, so um, she had Diamond Face, right? Yeah. No, it was like concrete, I guess. <laughs> oh, the meta commentary there. Studio 8H reminds us that this week, Zoe Kravitz is going to host SNL. I'm looking forward to that. But also, let's give Studio 8H a proper welcome to the Aristotle Full Throttle Show. This will says in the chat. That means we might get Lenny Momoa and Channing Tatum. That would be a great lineup. Why, why Channing Tatum? Is he in a movie with? Uh, I think they're the dating, thing? according to Is This Mom? But don't uh-huh. quote me on that. I know she's dating another celebrity, and he's not with his wife. Thank gotcha. you for the confirmation. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so I was. Uh, I'm just thinking. Now that we're all here, who's the best Batman director? Oh, I, I was going to ask Ange something about something she said earlier. Oh, let's hear. It. Let's hear. It. So, let's, but let's think she, on that. She, she, and uh, but but go ahead. I I forgot what she said. She <laughs> on the Aristotle full throttle, constantly forgetting the questions that we're about to ask. Studio Eight H says, "Have fun with that." How fun would that be to, with Tan, Tatum, Momoa, and Lenny? She is dating Channing. Interesting. I think uh, Jason Momoa has got that cool dude energy. Channing Tatum is a very funny physical comedian. He's a very funny, like, yeah. dopey guy. I, I, He's a good dancer. 
he's a good dancer. He's a performer. He's very good with his physical comedy for sure. That's why I love him in the uh, 21 Jump Street movies because the Jump Street movies are so nice. funny to me because, you know, you've got uh, Jonah Hill is able to, you know, kind of be goofy just through talking. And then Channing Tatum, he's just like, when in doubt, he throws his body through the wall. <laughs> and to me, that, that that's hilarious every time. He just... He just also what was he at? Uh, this is the end. Um, yes, yeah, yeah, the end of the movie. I died. Oh, yeah. I died when he was. I see that in the movies with too many black people, and it was like black reactions when he showed up. What's that? And and your mic um, might. It sounds a little muffled. Is there? Is that the phone or? I have my headphones on. Oh, I got you. But what were you saying about Channel T? I'll switch. I'll switch. I'll switch. Okay. No worries. Is this well? Did that? That's way better. That's way better. Cool, cool. Uh, so what were? What did you just say about uh, Channing Tatum? I went to go see that at the movies with one too many black people, and when he popped up, the way he popped up, it was a lot of black reaction in the back. (laughs) Which is what. Which is a uh, reminder audience. Just uh, go on YouTube and look at black people reacting to magic. It was that. <laughs> magic, <laughs> magic, Mike. Uh, no, just magic, like magic tricks in general. Oh right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> black people who watch magic tricks on the street. Yeah, th- those are very entertaining clips for sure. Um. <laughs> and that's kind of what happened because of the way he showed up. Yeah, he shows up and in a great way though. Yeah. yeah, and in the South, you know, we like the Step Up movies because they were, you know, the first, the first two anyway. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, it's Step Up. <laughs> uh, Rick uh, Lamprey, or Lamp- Rick Malambry, um, from those movies, I worked with him on two movies. He's the nicest guy. Let me tell you, actually, three movies. I was in Step Up 3D. I'm in the background at <laughs> the final scene. Um, so. Rick Malambri, uh I think that's his last name. Just a, just a. It, here's the funny thing about him. He in one movie I worked on, it was like the Cookie Mobster or something like that, and uh, you know, because it's Hallmark, you know. And he plays a mob boss, so he's wearing all these really nice suits the whole time, and he's talking like this. But when he showed up to work, he's a dancer, so he's got like a Adidas jumpsuit and really nice sneakers when he would show up every day. And it would be funny because to see him go into his trailer and then come out like dressed like a mobster, it was just a, it was just night and day as far as vibe that he brings to set. And then obviously actors be acting. Um, but he was a nice guy. He would just talk about gaming and, and just hang out and just chat with the, with everybody. And that's what we always remember about people. We always go, you know, you don't remember what people say. You remember how they made you feel. Uh, you know, and every time you see you meet a celebrity, people are like, how were they? And usually the response is one of two things. They were nice or they were a jerk. <laughs> That's all we ever recount when we meet a celebrity. We don't just go. William Shatner was a jerk. <laughs> William Shatner was a jerk. Well, he I've comes heard some to stories. New every year and he's always a jerk. Interesting. Thank you. He You're, 90. You're too old to be a jerk. Sit down. Don't you, Madam Musil? <laughs> oh, is that ageist? 
<laughs> or is that just no, a, a no, he, health he recommendation? He's very, he's very mean to his fans, especially if his line is shorter. Like when we went to go see Ron Perlman, he was two down from Ron Perlman. And he was like, why would anybody want to see Ron Perlman? Why would, I'm, I'm <laughs> like, just complaining. I'm like, nobody likes why you. would anybody want to see Ron Perlman? Perlman. I can't do it. Nobody likes you, will you? (laughs) Yeah, he's very self-centered. He's a very self-centered guy. He does not. Every year and complain. Every year. Stop coming. Stop coming. (laughs) He is quite the the entertainer. Studio 8H says, and firing a shot. Shot not set to stun, set to kill. (laughs) Set your Ange to kill. It's not stunned. He completely left the year Norman Reedus came. Like, people were actually waiting in this line, but it was yeah. like at the height of Walking Dead. And since Norman Reedus has a house down here, he's cool with a lot of people. That's hilarious. And so, of course, his line is long because everybody wants to see him. Right. And he was like, Who is that? And people were like, Oh, that's Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead. Never heard of it. Oh. Yes, you have. Oh. Yes, you have. <laughs> It's no tech war. Tech war. the books. And me and my brother were waiting in line. Oh, the TV series. You were waiting in line? Oh, me and my brother were waiting in line for Chris Evans, which was like right next to his. And he's like, I understand you want to see Captain America. Who's that guy? (laughs) Who was that guy? I'm Canadian. You should see Captain Canada. (laughs) <laughs> and then he just left. He just left. Wow. His like ego is so. Minutes. He has been known to have an ego for sure. I. <laughs> oh, when I was at, down at uh, VidCon, the uh, the Paul brothers, the awful, awful Paul brothers. I will never mention them again on the show. But the okay. there were girls running and screaming, just and and they were right behind me, and all these girls ran and screamed and mobbed them. And um, so I just took my my Instagram out, my stories. I was like, uh, I'd like to think that this whole crowd is for me because <laughs> I was trying to pretend that that crowd, I I uh, gathered that crowd, but it wasn't it wasn't me. They it was ran past else. you. Yeah, they all ran right past me. That was the kind of the the punchline of the joke was they're just running right past. They don't, they're like, get out of my way. <laughs> there goes ooh, sounded like someone dropped a them. bottle. Oh, favorite Batman director is going to have to be Tim Burton until I see Matt Reeves. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. Got to give it a fair shake. Uh, you, I would say, mm, that's a tough question for me because Tim Burton, his is so stylized. I mean, Joel Schumacher, very stylized as well. Very stylized. Question. Are you going for just the best Batman film by a Batman film director or the cumulative work of said director so i would say Burton. the cumulative batman work of those directors so i listed them i, I as a poll so i would say yeah, tim burton goodness. joel schumacher well i actually included the 1966 film director i forget their name but tim burton uh joel schumacher christopher nolan Zack snyder because you know who's your favorite you know I he's guess. directed bat he's directed batman directed a Batman. Uh, that's a reach. That's it's a not reach. a reach. It's a reach. It's a reach. I, I don't think... Uh, listen, I will defend 
my stance on the fact that he directed a Batman. Okay. A man dressed like a bat. Properly. There listen, the movie was called Batman <laughs> versus Superman Dawn of Justice. It just happened to have the subtitle versus Superman Dawn of Justice. Uh, <laughs> uh oh, Studio 8 says gotta be Nolan. Can we um I hear you on the the reach, but I did include Zack Snyder because he did make two movies starring the one and only Batman. People can he you listen, you could you could make the case that that's a different cinematic version of Batman. It is, Snyder. it definitely is. And he's he's definitely my yeah. second favorite Batman. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Yeah. He looked like the comic. He looked like the a certain stylized comic come to life because the way, the, you know, the Frank Miller. Yes, I forget what the name of the animated uh, movie was, but BVS is basically that animated movie, and it's like the fight yeah, scene, whatever. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was it when but, he was like an older dark, Batman? He was like old, and yeah, Peter dark. Weller played his voice. Yeah. yeah and the fight scene was just exactly it. Ooh, Peter Weller. So context yeah uh when nolan uh was first asked if he would be willing to do another dc hero or do like superman this is before man of steel um he said only if we have a, a, a an idea for a story uh and i remember when man of steel came out and he and his brother were producers on the film and his brother was I don't know if Jonathan had a writing credit on it or not, but at that point, Snyder was only the director. There was no Snyder verse. It was just Snyder was the director of that Superman film. And I remember telling my friends, I think I know what their idea is. And they're like, Mm. they're not going to do that. And and my whole idea is, is that the only way that Nolan would sign on to do a Superman franchise is if it was really just a Batman franchise. And that's what the Dark Knight Returns is. It's, it's, you take Superman, you turn him into the antagonist, and Batman becomes the protagonist. And that is what the Dark Knight Rises is. Batman versus mm-hmm. Superman took that and mixed it with a couple of other things. But the ultimate excuse for turning Superman into a murderer at the end of the first film and having him be so flawed is... You come up with a justification for Batman as a non-villain looking at Superman and saying this guy is potentially a threat to justify the conflict. If yeah. you don't do that and Superman is actually just the greatest Boy Scout ever in his first film, there's no reason for them to have conflict unless Batman is the bad guy. So, well, you know, the thing that frustrates me... Uh, Lois, that's what makes that's what sets that off. Well, that's that? actually the other one they borrowed, which is... Injustice. Yes. Injustice is that my line. Yeah. So the the instigation of the 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 Peter Weller, the, the Dark Knight Returns is more just Superman is an institute of the state. He's he's their dog. So mm. that Right. Nothing right, needed right. to happen the lowest for that to happen. I thought he was like oh. No, I think he took over. Like he he didn't work for say he took over. He was like dictator Superman. He actually oh. answered directly to the president. Are you talking about the red the, the red son of Crypt? 
Oh, The Dark Knight Returns. No, no, no. Dark Knight Returns is is Superman literally shows up at the Oval Office and the president says, go do this. He (laughs) He shows up at the Oval Office and here. And Injustice (laughs) is where Superman becomes the dictator of Earth. Yeah. So it's a subtle difference, but um, Snyder pulled from every major quote-unquote cool story like that and just makes them all together. Two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, get ready for... He was like... Get ready for the Batman. Well, just get ready for the Batman because that's also a bunch of smashed together stories from what what, Mm, what I was watching. Yeah, but it's done... It's neater. Yeah. It is done It's it's, Here's my argument. But Snyder, I felt like Snyder said, this is my chance to do all these things I want to do, so I just need to do them. Because yeah. he made his name off of Music very much comic... Oh, n- not even that. The comic-accurate adaptation of uh, properties. Like, you think about it. It's it's 300, and it's freaking Watchmen. Like, and Watchmen did change a few things, but, like, he literally mm. did panel for panel shots in those movies yeah. so people between him and uh, yeah. Robert Rodriguez doing Sin City those those were the guys who's like if you want to turn a comic book into a real thing these two are doing it and mm. he had more a better reputation than Robert Rodriguez I would argue it's well like, like I said he was the well, well, you know, I just want to reiterate that I do like Zack Snyder movies because of the fact they look so good and if I'm going to go to look at a movie <laughs> Yeah, they are very slow motion though. <laughs> Everything is so in slow motion. I gotta tell you though, like, and you can argue you can take the hour off as movies by just playing it in real time. Yeah, exactly. You just cut, You just shave it down, and it'll be. You just put it in actual time, actual speed. But I would say that the Batman, the, there's no slow mo. There's just everybody talk, walks very slowly and talks. Very I was gonna slowly. say yeah, it's just people move slow. They, it's not slow motion. They're just slow when they're in motion. Yeah, which is which is a total choice that they're making, but it's very deliberate. So there's a very deliberate pace to the whole movie, which actually, which is good. And everybody talks like this. Everyone is talking to each other. They're whispering. It's very. So they're part of the Whisper Coalition. There's the whole Whisper Coalition, the the Court of Whispers. That's what I mean. That's what what I was told. I was part of. I was the president of the Whisper Coalition because I'm so soft spoken. <laughs> that that might be true. That might be true, Ange. What? <laughs> Wait, this one. hereditary. But yeah, so, well, we we can hear you just fine now. Before I was a little, there was too much. Yeah. There was a a little staticky, but this sounds better. Um, I have my devil's advocate question too, Ange. That's going to be part of your intro now, and president <laughs> of the Whisper Coalition. <laughs> <laughs> See, if you're gonna use that, you have to use the actual group, the whispers, with the oh, big mustaches. Well, you might not. Know. I don't know the whispers. With the twins. The only band I know with twins is Nelson. <laughs> is oh the... man, where can I post a picture where you can see? It? All right, I'm gonna get a whispers album cover in here. Yeah, show and tell, cool story. Yeah, show and tell. Show us or or cool story. Either one. <laughs> I feel like those are very similar. <laughs> Let me move that. Up and what's, what's worse is like I have my dad's voice, so he sounds like, from what I've been told, a Cajun, um, Clint Eastwood. Oh, ha! what is that? Let me let me try to That's imagine that what that sounds like. 
Go ahead, make my day. <laughs> is that, is that some, there you go. Is that, <laughs> that, that's like I just took those two and I put them in a blender. <laughs> go on, all right. By the volume. Here come the whispers. Here come the whispers. Oh yeah. Oh, all right. We got to take a look at this whispers. Uh, if you guys want to join the Discord out there, y- y'all uh, folks, you can just uh, subscribe to my Twitch or uh, pledge a, a do- at least a dollar a month on Patreon, and you get access to Discord where we can do you can show and tell. We have the theories, we have all discussions going on. Oh, the whispers! I know them. I've seen the whispers. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, I like the guy with the square fro. They got a couple of them actually got squares. <laughs> That's, now that's hard to pull off. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, he's got a big, uh, big old square. That's no uh, you know, no hats. <laughs> you can put a top hat flat on that. <laughs> it would just rest on the top. Yeah, uh, you know what? That reminds, uh, reminds me of, like the drummer from Boston. I don't know if you remember the drummer from Boston, but the guy had what we called what was it? The uh, he had like a helmet. A gigantic helmet that oh, rested no. on his shoulders. <laughs> we should put all of our froze. I can see it. All of our froze. Haircut. It's like resting on my shoulders. It looked like a mushroom. The, uh, and then you it know, decided to be like hot yesterday, so now it's all frizzy. Ooh, it's and it's humid down there too. Oof. Is this oh, humid yet? It's freezing today. It was hot. It was eighty-two yesterday, and today was like fifty-nine. Dang. That's too much of a temperature swing. Yes. The swing? Oh, yeah. We went from 70 to 30, so I feel... Right, Oof. Is that because of, like, the sort of the mid... The plains out there? Where where, you, where would you be considered, uh, Will? In, the Midwest. In Midwest. So the, the... Now, is that like the... the are, you got plains or mountains? I don't even know the geography. Uh, we are in the Ohio Valley, Missouri Valley region, so... There, okay. there's hills and there, these, there hills that gotcha. I made oh. <laughs> but yeah, there's flat land too. So it's a lot of flat land, but we're also we got like hills and valleys and the Ozarks and whatnot. So, but what it really comes down to is the jet stream cuts across the middle of the country and it dips right. and rises when you get into the middle. And so, the the whole region that kind of goes along with the Mississippi, where and just down by the delta, and we're right in the thick of it. It's probably the widest where mm-hmm. we are, and then you know goes up to Wisconsin. Um, we get so those weather, the weather patterns they, they could just mountain. they could just come and go basically. They so everything's your fault. We got weather. Wars we're going we're on. in just the right place where depending on if it pivots clockwise or counterclockwise by a few degrees. On one side of a, a span that's like 10 miles wide, it'll be 20 some odd degrees. And on the other side, south of there, it could be 50, 60 degrees because that's where the weather pattern is breaking up and the low pressure and the high pressure wow. systems are hitting each other, which is why it's also Tornado Alley in this area. So, got, got you. Uh, yeah. And it's going to so, get, and you get, does it get humid out there in uh, Missouri? Because you got the. Well, do you yep. have rivers? <laughs> I don't know how yes, rivers. We work. Had the, 
The Missouri and the Mississippi. We got the Missouri running from east to west and the Mississippi running from north to south. And so, oh, okay. Uh, but the rivers is not what makes it humid. It's just. By we yeah. Yes, it just it it stank. <laughs> it, it is like this whole like here down to where Angie's parts of Texas, most of uh, the the Gulf Coast. It's what I like to call like crotch sweat humidity. It's just like yeah, same. Yeah, it's it's that it's that nasty sticky. It's like what Gotham is going to be like in the next movie. Right, <laughs> guess because they got flooded. Oh, they, no, no spoilers! No, no spoilers! spoilers. <laughs> they did not. Nothing happened in Gotham. Gotham is fine. Uh, <laughs> I set that one up. Oh man, on me. That was, that's my bad for the that. So the end like there's going to be a part two. Now I'm excited. Well, uh, you know we can't say that. Yeah, that this is not a one and done. Ooh, yeah. All right. All right. All right. I, I, I do feel. I do feel like. uh I do feel like you can't just do do one Batman movie. Like they even the Joker they made a sequel for. So they're going to make a sequel for um cuz they were that like this really is a one and done. The the approach originally for this Batman movie was that it was going to be one and done. So uh that that uh that was the original approach. But uh let's see. You know what studios like <laughs> money. <laughs> They can have all my money. The more Batman yeah. movies, the better. I even kind of like advocate for Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. I like them for different reasons. I straight up think they should just go with like a Robin in the next this this series of Batman's. If they do make another one, I mean, you know, I don't want to. I think it's better yeah. one on who would be like a good Robin because. It looked like with Nolan, they were leaning toward what's his face. Uh, yeah, just like, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, he's doing fine. He's like an adult child. He has a baby body. Yeah, it would be great. <laughs> I, I, I was thought... get the feeling that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just, I was just the similarities between his his look and Heath Ledger's. I remember a friend of mine was like, before, oh, like yeah. two years before Dark Knight came out. Dark, Dark Knight Rises, they were like, and you know, sadly, we lost Heath Ledger. A friend of mine was like, yeah, just put some uh, face paint on Joseph Gordon-Levitt and just have him do it. Basically. And I was like... Basically. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, they're totally different actors. <laughs> They've had totally different yeah. approaches. Different styles. But, yeah. Yeah. Levitt is definitely more understated. Um, so, the one thing I would say about the Dark Knight Rises and the the Robin character, because of course they name him, and you find out his given name is actually Robin at the end of the movie, is yeah. I think they were treating that movie almost like, all right, that was him as Batman's sidekick, and the next thing was going to be him becoming the new Batman, which they eventually did do in the comics. Um, there is a post-credit yeah. sequence. Or was it the very last part of the movie? I forget. It was the very end of the movie. It wasn't post-credits. It was like literally just yeah. the end of the movie him getting the back cave. Nolan so, does that too. Nolan has like these very striking endings to his movies. You know. What was that, Ange? The Whisper Committee? Ange president <laughs> uh, President Whisper. I'm trying to remember that scene and it's like 
Did I miss that? I have the movies. I never opened them. I just bought them because it's like I wouldn't be a Batman yeah, yeah. fan if I didn't buy them. Like, yeah. Did I miss it's that? It's one of the best shots because the the music is swelling and you see him walk to the entrance and it opens up and you see the cave in front of him and he's looking up at it in silhouette. And then doesn't like the ground rise up with him on it or something? And it's like a whole it's a whole moment. There's there. There's two movements, but I can't tell you what it was. I can't remember if it was the door opening or the ground or elevator. Yeah. But it was like he's definitively he's at the bat cave. He's got the keys. Yeah. Bruce is so, past you know, the torch. So yeah, you could so just that imagine was like, uh, him as Robin. Yeah. Because Batman always got a contingency plan. So he knew that he was going to Yeah, you gotta go back and rewatch that somewhat mediocre film. And I have to go open yeah. this movie now. It's a mixed bag. I do like Bane. I really do like Bane in that movie. Yeah, I but liked, they did I like Sean Connery game show Bane. He's <laughs> but they did Sean him dirty. Connery beats they Yeah, they did him dirty. I was in college when they were coming out, and like my my friend in college was Latin. He was like, "Oh, good, another white dude playing Bane." I'm like, "I feel you." Yeah, and <laughs> I'm Hardy. Yeah. No, he was, he was game show Sean Connery. Game show host Sean Connery. <laughs> See, I would say that he was actually. Now, here's the, all right. So we all know that Tom Hardy was in Star Trek Nemesis, playing yeah. young Picard. Clone. Clone. Oh, Picard. Yeah. He did that same voice for Bane through the 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 mechanism. If you listen, he's just doing his Picard. Oh. I would say Bane is a cross between Darth Vader. I'm Sean Connery. He's a Bane B. He's a Bane See, I thought he sounded they more like Patrick Stewart. Than Sean Connery. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. I gotta listen. To, I, mean, I have to like listen to it Stewart first. Stewart did a Sean Connery at the end of uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights. And it was great. Oh, oh man, it's been so... Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a oh. minute. Wait a minute. Patrick Stewart was in Robin Hood Men in Tights? I don't at remember end, that. Yeah. At, the, at the end when uh, Robin was marrying made Marion and he had, he got the kisser first and uh, he did his like Sean Connery impression. I'm like, going to have to go because I yeah, totally do not remember him in there. I remember him in the original Dune and Excalibur but I don't remember him in Robin Hood Men in Tights. How the hell? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> we both got homework. We both have homework. Yeah, I guess we do. Man, well, my mind is more embarrassing. I didn't get to ask my devil's advocate question, though. I still uh, haven't okay. got to ask it. Well, then we have time for that. Let's I'm let's hear the devil's time. advocate question, and then we got to wrap up. Uh, but, Will, what was your devil's advocate question? All right. If you were looking for a legitimate reason to not cast Zoe Kravitz, mm-hmm. do you think it would be fair to look at her film history at that time and uh, I would say that the biggest movie that she had been in was X-Men First Class and it was a very minor role versus Anne Hathaway's which we know Anne Hathaway was a huge star um, <laughs> or Marion Cotillard's um, who would you pick? Like I've got the IMDb's up so I can tell you what they were in prior to 2012 when the Dark Knight Rises came out. I had high hopes for Anne Hathaway. It's just she was Anne Hathaway yeah. in it. Yeah, she wasn't. She, she was not <laughs> urban enough, to be honest. Well, would she leave Meriwether in the other one? It would be fair that she was evoking those very uh, nope. different wise <laughs> cat women. 
I thought well, it was always funny how she punched people. She 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 really like got into the punches. She had the sucker punches. That she she was just like she was at a level like eight, and we kind of needed her at like a five and a half sometimes. Like, but you pull back a little bit, Anne. Princess Diaries, chill out, Princess Diaries. Studio Eight H says in the chat, when are they bringing Eartha Kit back? That's what I was asking. Eartha Kit. She's she's great at playing. She's the reason I like Batman because the first thing I ever saw that was Batman was the '60s uh, TV series. I'm like, oh, it's Black Lady. She she had pizzazz. I'll tell you that. <laughs> she That's had, the word. That is the word. Yeah, she Not was sassy, very pizzazz. Yeah, I'm trying to she think was, of who the. <laughs> there's somebody new now that kind of gives me an Eartha Kid vibe, and I can't think of who it is. They went to do a oh. biopic with her, with, with her face from Girlfriends, and I was kind of cool with that because they had that same exact smile. She played Monica in Girlfriends. I forget her name, though. Let me look it up. I'm, I'm going to pull it up right now. because They know had that same that. big smile. Yeah. I think it's a that you be on the phone all day. But, but yeah, so... Oh, yeah, there she is. Uh, her name is uh, the actor you talk about, Keisha Sharp, I think. Yes. Yeah. She wanted. She was gonna start the biopic, and I don't know what happened. She's just. I don't. I don't know. I'm first in line for that bio, biopic because Eartha Kitt was a talented in many ways person. Wow, come on. I mean, I don't know. Listen, that's sure my stop. ratio. And... Oh no, I'm just done that. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I was. Well, I saw Respect a couple weeks ago. So oh, probably like three, four weeks ago. And uh, Mary J. Blige was in that, and she was playing Martha, uh, uh, Dinah Washington, I believe. And ah. it, was it Dinah Washington? Let's see. Mary J. Blige. J. Blige played... Uh, in I the dancer Yeah. She, she, yeah, she played, she played Dinah Washington, and I believe... They made her skin a little bit darker. <laughs> so, cause, yeah, because she was darker looking on on the screen. And then, oh, like they did with uh, Zoe Saldana in. Yeah, uh, I, I stopped myself from. Yeah, I stopped myself from bringing that up because we're just gonna pretend that that was the Mandela effect. Like that didn't really happen. We just all yeah, okay. forget false memory. Like false that memory happened. That... It just never happened. Yeah, so it's interesting how they like. They try to capture the likenesses of, of folks from back in the day. Um, that might be a topic for discussion. Do you change the complexion or <laughs> of somebody in order to match? Like, the answer is red, just not black enough. No. no. Yeah, the answer is no, in my opinion. You, you but to don't answer, do it. You, to answer your question, Will, oh, about um, Zoe Kravitz, I think you just don't tell someone if you have your reasons right because i was fired from a commercial because cindy lopper said yes. i was a white guy she that's what she said Weird. to me we're because i was Weird. just like Weird. what the f i ain't never been accused of being a white guy before in my life weird and then she, so she fired me because of that i don't know like so if this is her reasoning she could have maybe gone to the producer and been like, said something that she didn't want, you know. I think it's it's time, harmful. Though? It's harmful to to do that to a person. I think to say you are 
because by virtue of how we perceive you, you're fired because we don't believe that you can be anything but how we perceive you. So I think that's damaging. I think that that is uh, a yeah. uh, Well, yeah. they wouldn't even let her read for the role. Right. See, part of me is like suspicious that like this is Nolan. We know he likes to reuse actors and he reused Marianne Cotillard from Inception. So so that was probably her role from day one. She had that role. I need so that someone to move her had... face. <laughs> yeah. And then Anne Hathaway would be the one person who was new. I don't know her to worked with him before so she's she's the new person so that's who you're competing with right and if warner brothers wanted Anne hathaway and this isn't me justifying it anyway but if that's who they wanted they wanted Anne hathaway or Anne hathaway type then if that is their standard of the role then of course you can say that about zoe kravitz in comparison to Anne hathaway um even though that's an inaccurate way to describe Zoe Kravitz, and it's a it's a misuse of the word urban. It's like, but then again, it's the same with urban music. What the hell does that mean? Right. Urban music. So it's just code, code, code words. Just urban music is race music, which was the old language. <laughs> we got it. Let's let's zoom in and listen to what Ange has to say. Go ahead. I'm sorry, so your your braids are intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> Which is not something she does very often. So that uh. oh my goodness, you know what I was just you know what I was just thinking about though, because you know how because uh, we were talking about Christopher Dolan and how uh, his movies are very he doesn't use enough brown people till recently. Until recently, and he had John David Washington. But look at that movie, Tenet. Look at that movie. You know that That's role right. was written. You know that role was written for a white dude because there's a whole sequence about what do you know about sailing? <laughs> and I don't know about. I don't listen. I don't. <laughs> oh, that and then Brooks. But at the same time, he said uh, Brooks Brothers isn't going to get it. You know the Michael Caine bit where they Ooh. bring in the classic. Oh, they, they bring in the class. Did they bring in classicism into that scene in the Tenet? Because I only saw it the yeah, one time. Oh, yeah. Oh. There's always classicism yeah, in a Nolan movie. In, in, in the restaurant. Because he just told him his, he, you know, his attire yeah. was inappropriate for someone who was meant to be at his status. Oh, right, right. So, uh, interesting. Interesting. I almost feel like if it wasn't John David Washington would have gotten that role, then like in a different time it would have been denzel washington that got that role yeah i mean i'm not saying it's like hard to believe that a black person can sail i just think that that role was written probably for an upper class like like looking (laughs) right like what what, think of christopher nolan that that means bale that means dicaprio um who are his other go-tos uh Um, tom hardy Tom Hardy is a go-to. Guy Pierce Hardy. What's his face? The little Irish uh, dude. Uh, McConaissance. <laughs> you got Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. In, in uh, the, the the space movie. Yep. So or Matt Damon. Matt Damon was Matt Damon. in the space movie too. So, Man, the talented Mr. Ripley, right there. Yes. Christopher Nolan well, has no. a type. He definitely has a a a type for sure. He has got a guy who basically looks like him play the lead 
<laughs> essentially like, a, like a, an a cuter version of him he, like he, he picks was, an analog he a of himself man, mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he's if always he were like a this is man this is how he would see himself if he was exactly. handsome squidward this is how he would killian murphy yeah, right. yeah. killian yeah. murphy thank you yeah mm -hmm. yeah yeah that's another one of his go-to guys i'm trying to think uh, and of course joseph gordon levitt um all these dudes look like a version of him. <laughs> well, indeed, we sound indeed. like racist because you're seeing all white guys look alike. <laughs> no words. No, we're no not words. saying that uh, my, for the record. My observation. <laughs> we're not saying that for the record. I would say they don't all look alike. <laughs> no, no. But no, no. Either way, uh, I, I googled does christopher nolan used the same casting director to just see if maybe that's part of it too and it, that's it, probably part of it also like directors will work like casting director is actually considered one of the most important parts of a movie and so people are oh, he's yeah. just a serious adam sandler because adam sandler always uses his friends from <laughs> college saturday night live well he probably uses a, he writes yeah. everything probably for all the same folks but i'm just saying that like people are considering the idea of giving an oscar to casting directors because of how important the chemistry they got to find and they help they help assemble that and they help pick people that might be outside the 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 scope oh. of what or outside of the the mindset that the director has and they're like hey consider this person I think they should. yeah so i'm gonna throw person. something out there that i learned today that's directly okay. related to the casting agent thing so this was a sports-related thing, but they brought up the fact that in this particular sports league, it just so happens that not only are the athletes represented by uh, CAA, but their media personalities represented by CAA, their coaches represented by CAA, and there are former agents from CAA that now act as the talent scouts and the management that uh, brings in talent for the teams so there's collusion on multiple levels where if HBO did a whole show about that. Ah, so that's probably where ballers. the information. Ballers. So, but with the rock. So, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's his show with uh, the whole sports team thing. But if you can collude to get the person who's with your agency to appear on this network and then be moved to this team, or in this case, cast in this film, you keep all the money in house. So. Your cronies right. on a friendship level yep. may just be your business cronies. Like, all right, we need these well, people because the agency needs this money. I'll tell you this much. When I'm watching Netflix and Bird Box and watching all these movies with, like, uh, you know, Buzzsaw, uh, whatever that movie was with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal and and uh, who else? John Malkovich. There's, like, a lot of people. In the, when I'm watching, you'll notice – if you notice, and I believe this is very similar – it's like I'm like, oh, they signed a five picture deal with Netflix because now they're in five movies in a row with Netflix with the same actors, you know, over and over again. So, yeah, I think that they try to they try to definitely vertically integrate, you know, their their actors with their films, with their directors, because Nolan has done every movie with Warner Brothers basically since the 2000s. Yeah. And they yeah. have like studio people they use. That's why Affleck is always going to work because he's a Warner Brothers guy. Yeah. Um, I'm looking here at the casting director. Yeah. So as it stands right now, I'm looking in the two people who are casting directors 
for the Dark Knight. Uh, one of then, them. Not much. I must. I must bid yeah. thee farewell for today. But so go ahead. Yeah. Oh no. I'm looking. Yeah. Um, that ain't it, y'all. It's not the cast of directors. Um, the viewers okay. guy, Kevin Smith, uh, Studio Eight H. In the chat, I want. I just want to be a view askew guy. Oh, that's. Oh, yeah. I I think that that would be a fun fun time actually. But do you guys want to have one of your favorite shows somewhat possibly ruined because the casting director worked on it? Um. Well, you know, they could make or break. <laughs> they can make or break. And listen, a casting so, directors are people too. So you know, you got to get to know them. They got to get to know you. I've been working in this business for, I've been auditioning for over a decade for commercials, especially. So I'm seeing casting directors over and over again, and I am lucky and thankful enough that they think of me now often for parts. What's that guy with the afro and the glasses and the beard? They know who I am at this point. One part of me is very cynical, though, because I'm always like, maybe they have to like have a quota of diversity yeah. the go-to and and i always show up <laughs> so they're always like well aristotle's a ringer he's always going to show up but maybe we'll give him something we'll throw him a bone every now and then <laughs> but we know we're not going to cast him for this but he'll check the box that we need to check so that's like he my cynical right. yeah so that's my so, cynical all right look. so here it is he was also the casting director for The Expanse when it started. Mm. Wow. And the person in question I'm talking about is... I'm going to try and pronounce his name right. And I'm not going to. So I'm just going to spell it. It's John P-A-P-S-I-D-E-R-A. Papsidera. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's what I said. He, he has won some Emmys. Good for him. Well, I'll tell you what. Um... I think a casting director is extremely important. There are a lot of politics in Hollywood, and you got to, you know, you got to schmooze, you got to talk, you got to. What's that? Oh, uh, Isis Will is vice president of the Whisper Committee. Go ahead. Yeah, I just. So I I went through the chronological list I didn't look at known for, and then when I looked at known for, it's all Nolan films. So. Ah. Yes, Nolan yes. does use the same casting director because it's Inception, Memento, Dunkirk, and The Dark Knight. Those are the known fours. So, well, yeah, I'll the, shut the hell up now. No, no, no worries. You, you're always welcome to speak here and whisper as loud as you want, Ange and Will. <laughs> so I just I just really have to go, though, because uh, my bladder might uh, yeah. explode right now. <laughs> Music is the only shoe and it's off stage. Thank you, everybody. What's that? Good night. Thank you. So, Angela, did, you say, did you say something about the music? I'd like, I like to thank my mom. I would like to thank my dad. I would like to thank God. Thank you, guys. Oh, well, that was, isn't that something? Uh, wrap it up. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Studio 8H. Thank you. 
Thank you, Edge. Thank you, Will. You're always welcome and happy. I'm always happy to have you. This is a very lively discussion. This will be available tomorrow on Spotify and all of the places where you can get podcasts. Also, consider subscribing and consider supporting this channel on Patreon. If you watch it on YouTube or the rerun, go ahead and like the video and hang out with us every day, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Thank you, everybody. Good night, everybody. Stay on after we go off there. I got a couple of clips for you. All right, but I, but I definitely, I, I definitely. Oh no, it's Brady. Right. So, <laughs> watch, the, 